ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of Radio Free Professional Wrestling. Is anybody in the mood for a muffin? Hey, Jake, have you read any good reviews about a muffin place in Chicago by chance? I heard about this uh this close thing about Mindy's, uh, which is not da- which is not too far down the road from here. Uh, maybe I can get I can crave some some muffins and all that. Probably some donuts uh, as well. So <laughs> it's gonna be very interesting here. Well, Jake. No time to waste here because those muffins are not going to stay fresh for long. So let's go right to the control center. This is your Radio Free Pro Wrestling Control Center. All the wrestling news you need to know. Ladies and gentlemen, starting out the control center this week, do you remember the first episode of Monday Night Nitro? It was held in the Mall of America. So we have this new uh, independent company called First Wrestling, and they held an event. 27 years to the actual day of the first Monday Night Show inside Mall America. And this is on Fight TV. You can order it for $12.99. The crowd looks pretty good. And the main event of this card is like RVD versus um, Dante Martin. And yeah, this card featured a lot of a lot of big names, such as Rob Van Dam, Orange Cassidy, Ethan Page, uh, Dante and Darius Martin, Cole Cabana, and Effie. Uh, it was under the banner of Saturday Night Nitro. The Bloomington, Minnesota venue was sold out for the show. Um, and, you know, looking at the pictures, it looked pretty sweet. I mean, it was a full crowd. A lot of people seem to be enjoying themselves. Uh, let me ask you this, Sean. Do you think this could open up the possibility of, you know, either WWE or, a- or AEW maybe making a chance to ha- hold a show at the at the Mall of America anytime soon? You know, to me, when I saw this, uh, it just brought back nostalgia because I remember watching the very first Nitro on TV, on TNT. And the very first match was uh, Brian Pillman Jr. versus Jason Fenner-Lager, which is probably one of the best matches in WCW history. It would be awesome if you see AEW or WWE take a chance and do a show from a venue like the Mall of America. I doubt we'll see it from the two major companies, but... For this weekend, it was kind of cool to see some nostalgia. It would be it would be pretty cool to bring some at least some freshness, uh, as opposed to you know, the every the every week look for from either the companies as far as their how they present their show, the production value. But uh, it would be yeah, I mean, I hope this opens the chance uh, though, because I would love to see wrestling come back to the Mall of America like the like they did in the first ever Nitro. Well, you know, Jake, you know somebody that might be able to do said chance would be Conrad Thompson as. Starcast has trademarked Superclass, a former AWA event, and AWA was basically based around the Twin Cities area. So, hey, I know Starcast was, I mean, I can see Conrad doing this because you can put your Starcast on like a Saturday, Sunday, and that one of those nights you can have a wrestling card. And Superclass is a cool name for a wrestling card. Yeah, so if you guys remember uh, back uh, during the AWA days, uh, Super Clash was a supercard event promoted by the AWA, uh, which took place at Comiskey Park in Chicago, Illinois, back in September of 1985. Uh, and ironically enough, only a few months after WrestleMania. And I mean, it really gave like a, a interesting look as far as how professional wrestling is presented. And yeah, all the big names were there that night. Uh, obviously, Ric Flair, Magnum TA, um, Fern Ganya, Nick Bockwinkle. So yeah, this is pretty interesting. What um really curious what Conrad, why Conrad Thompson is doing this. I mean, he said himself, like he doesn't des- he doesn't have the desire to be like a full-time wrestling promoter, but uh, you know, I-, I could see him have the drive or maybe have the itch to do to promote a couple of uh events here and there. 
Well, I mean, outside that Rick Flair's final match, um, main event from the last card he did, the undercard was amazing. Mm-hmm. And I bet you the crowd that got from that event, he was looking go like, hey, here's another revenue source I can use and make Starcast better. And what not a perfect marriage here? You got Starcast, you got wrestling, you got a perfect chance to get everybody together in one place. And it's going to be like a super indie show anyway. So why not let's call it super class? Mm, yeah, absolutely. Ticket sales were pretty sweet uh, during Rufus' final match. And I mean, the crowd was hot during that night. And yeah, I mean, pay-per-view buys were on, even on fight TV was not bad as well. So yeah, I could see Conrad having the itch to do this, uh, do this type of promoting again. Well, you're talking about hot cards. Two weeks ago, we had a hot card coming from Cardiff Wells as we saw class at the castle. Now, Freddie Prince Jr. was on his podcast, and he talked to some people he knew inside the WWE machine. And what we saw at the end with uh, Tyson Fury being in the ring with Drew McIntyre doing a karaoke session, was it supposed to be on TV? He actually, during his podcast, uh, Freddie Prince Jr. said that they forgot to say cut. They didn't fade to black after Roman showed the titles and victory. And we had this weird segment where Drew gets up, he feels no effects from the match he had, and he's not really too upset about losing the title, and he just helps Tyson do a karaoke segment. It's interesting that he mentioned that. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, uh, to quote here from his from Freddie Prince's Spotify podcast, uh, he mentioned that uh, you know the end of the match was weird because they forgot to say cut, and he asked a couple of people. They left the feed running, and all of a sudden, Drew was feeling good. I mean, I, I did think watching back that event, it was kind of interesting that they did not end the show with Roman uh, on the ramp, um, just like celebrating his win, being the badass that he is. So, yeah, it was like, it was pretty interesting that he made that remark. Uh, yeah, I mean, also the podcast uh, co-host, uh, Jeff Dye, uh, you know, it's uh, mentioned that uh, he shared that sentiment as well. It felt like some weird house show. Uh, it was really corny, but you know, it's it. Hey, it, they sent the crowd home happy during that night, so can't blame them. No, no, I, I mean, it was just kind of, I want to say, a happy accident. It kind of left everybody kind of going, like, okay, cool, fun. I mean, I, I just had a few questions that during this, I, mean, I was waiting for like Tyson to turn on Drew or Drew to turn on Tyson. Then I got to thinking, you know what? They're just trying to send the crowd home happy after seeing Drew not win the title. So, hey, that's okay. Let's go on to our final news story of the week as Vampiro has decided to call it a career as he's going to end his wrestling career in 2024. He's been wrestling mostly for CMLL and AAA in Mexico. Last time I seen Vampiro wrestle was back when Lucha Underground was a thing and he had that amazing match with um, Pentagon Dark. Mm-hmm. If you remember that. Yeah, definitely remember that. Um, Vampiro had had some ups and downs in the last few in the last few years um you know all thoughts to him converting to a healthier lifestyle and had and you know has helped his struggles uh um look uh, his his own health struggles uh, you know vampire worked hard to get into shape for a return to the ring with triple a earlier this year and uh, at 55 years of age like he's been yeah he's been considering it for a while and then um before finally announcing an official date to call it quits. So, yeah, I mean, in, by December 2024, he's going to have his final match. And uh, all thoughts all thoughts and prayers going to him now. And uh, looking forward to 
what he has uh, in store uh, with in his ref- with his retirement tour. Exactly, Jake. I remember seeing Vampiro for the first time in WCW, and I felt like they left so much money on the table with this guy because he was such a enigmatic character. He was kind of like a darker version of Sting. And for a while there, they had him as a tag team, and they led into that feud. And the infamous match where Sting fell off the top of the thing as he was burning. But outside of that, I felt like Vampiro was one of the people they could have pushed higher in the card before the dying days of WCW. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which rivals would you like to see Vampiro clash with one more time in the ring? I don't know they could do this. I don't know if AEW will let them do it, but I feel like the final match should be against Pentagon Dark. Mm, that would be pretty interesting. I mean, who knows? I mean, AEW still has their relationship with AAA. Um, so I really hope that would be a good uh, good idea for them to you know, bring, bring Pentagon and Vampiro together in the ring. Ladies and gentlemen, that has been your control center for this week's episode of Radio Free Professional Wrestling. We are going to slide over to our Stunning Six Questions. It's time for the Stunning Six Questions. All the whys and what have they done now? Hopefully Sean and Jake can figure it out. Okay, Jake, first stunning question. I was watching Raw last night, and the Color Sky and Eel Sky defeated Raquel Gonzalez and Aaliyah two weeks after they lost them in the tournament final for the women's tag team titles. Do you believe that Sky and Kai should have won the titles two weeks ago? Absolutely. I mean, I think that I thought it was a missed opportunity for them to not win it off the bat. And, you know, they, 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 I mean, the crowd had a really decent reaction to both those gals. And, you know, I really like, uh, you know, Eosky is one of my favorite right now. Um, love seeing her work and uh yeah it's like to this day i still uh it's it's still baffling to me um what i took out of this match was that how are we supposed to take Aaliyah serious i just realized that she doesn't have her own theme or music or it's just it's just really weird and i yeah i just don't really don't enjoy seeing her work at all jake she has been in nst forever and i don't see her improving in ring whatsoever exactly if you watch that and if you watch that match back from Monday Night Raw if you see the finish that finish was kind of clunky exactly it was it was pretty clunky and then she had all this time like how long was she in NXT like several years and didn't see well first of all I hardly even saw her in it see her in it um I've hardly even saw her in NXT uh because I've been watching uh on the one Back in the network days, I used to watch like every week and, you know, didn't even see her that much. So it's 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 just amazing, like amazing that she has not improved at all uh, during her time there. I mean, I was just confused watching the end of this match. I'm going like, there's no way they're going to defeat Kai and Sky with this other tag team because they already lost them once two weeks ago. But then winning these titles, it's like how taking this title back to a team. You want to make this title mean something. We've been on this mission of making all the titles mean something. And here we go. We have a two-week title reign. Yeah, exactly. Just to only to only to go back to being up against, you know, Bliss and Asuka. And yeah, I mean, at this point, I just want to see Sasha and Naomi come back and, you know, bring some legitimacy legitimacy back on, onto the onto the women's tag division because it's just it's just awful to see right now. Well, we might be getting a match that a lot of people might enjoy better than that. As later on in that episode of Monday Night Raw, we saw Bianca Belair issue her 
challenge to anybody to come down to the ring. Uh, Sonny Deville came out for a short match. Bianca Belair took care of her. And after that, Bailey came down and had a war awards with Bianca Belair. And this looks like to be the direction we're going to Extreme Rules. Jake, are you ready for this match? Absolutely. Uh, it would only make sense, right? Because uh, I would love to see those two uh, battle it out in the ring. Um, would it happen? Like, do you predict it would happen at Extreme Rules or could they save it? Like, maybe for Survivor Series? I feel like you go to Extreme Rules and you have this match. This match could main event Extreme Rules. You, I don't know who you're going to have Roman face, but Roman can really take this pay-per-view off and you main event this with Bailey versus Bianca Belair and you have Bailey take the title from Bianca and you have Demis Control have all the women's titles. I feel like you leave that show with a pretty good feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. Okay, we're going to slide over to our third stunning question of the week. We're going over to AEW because last week MJF made his triumphant return to AEW Dynamite and he started off being a babyface to this Buffalo crowd but it was all a beautiful work as John Mossy comes out and feels like BS MJF and the true MJF came back and this battle between Mossy and MJF in the world words was beautiful to watch. Oh my goodness. The way he, he first, he MJF uh, first came out, he was such a phony baby face. Uh, the crowd just ate it up and he, he, and, Man, MJF had the crowd in the palm of his hands, um, acting like, you know, he cares about the company. Um, you know, when Moxie came out, how it was like a beautiful transition to his uh, his traditional heel character. And then you hear those, you know, those those um, uh, those uh, the crowd going back to booze. And I I really enjoyed the promo. Um, I don't think it needed a, a lot of those like WWE mentions. Um, to be honest with you, like, you know, mentioning Nick Khan, Triple H and all that. It's like, yeah, I, I it was a really good promo from him, but I, I really hope this won't be the norm for MJF going forward. Like, I would just like to see him just run down his opponents, uh, people in the crowd. And I don't think he needs to, you know, just constantly bring up WWE. I mean, exactly, Jack, because we are literally a year and a half away from the time MJF could be a free agent. I said if we were in the fall of 2023 and we had this promo then, yeah, go ahead and announce all that. Cause I mean, you can make the fans believe, oh, he might take the AEW title with him, but we're a year and a half out. We know this ain't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But uh, uh, yeah, we're pretty interesting. But um, but I, I got to ask, man, um, who would you like to see? Because MJF has the chip right now for the world title. Who would you like to see um, him face? Uh at the end, probably at the end of this tournament. Uh, to me, if I would like to see some, uh, as much as I love Moxley, uh, last night he had a tremendous, uh, la- excuse me, last week he had a tremendous promo on Dynamite, giving out that rah rah speech. It was really authentic. It re- really felt hard. It was um, really authentic from the heart. Um, felt legitimate, felt organic. But to me, I would. To be honest, I would love to see Brian Danielson bring some freshness into the AEW World Championship. Um, he was like, "Yeah, I know that he had some bumps here and uh, here and there for a couple weeks, uh, but I wouldn't mind. Like, I don't think that has messed him up at all. Uh, to be honest with you, so I would love to see you know Brian take that uh, take that helm for a little bit before giving it to MJF." Okay, so I'm on the counter here. 
counter you here, Jake. My first answer to you would be, out of four gentlemen we'll see this evening on AEW Dynamite, we have John Mosley versus Sammy Guevara. We have Chris Jericho versus Brian Danielson. It'd be kind of interesting to see Mosley versus Danielson for the the championship at uh, R4S Stadium next week. That'd be a kind of cool match to see. I hope that happens. Right. And like you, I do believe Danielson would be a good long-term champion if you're going to give him a run, but I don't want to see Danielson's first title reign be like two months we get to full gear. It's in New York, and MJF cashes in the chip. Do you want him to cast that chip in and fail? I don't want to see MJF fail and just cast in. So that's why I feel like Moxley might be the better option here of all the options we got in the moment. Because you got to remember, AEW is in this weird place where they got to do some new booking because of all the suspensions and stuff. So they're kind of have their hands tied behind their back. I guarantee you they never want to see a three-time champion so soon. But Moxley might be the person you put this on to get down the road, have that feud with MJF, and we get to see a MJF Hill run with the title. I don't know. It's like I we've seen it all we've seen it a lot already. So that's like kind of like my, my beef with that. So like with Danielson, I, I do think that it would bring some freshness into into the title. But uh we'll just see what happens here. But I'm pretty sure we'll see some great matches at the you know at the at the back end of this tournament uh going into Arthur Ash Stadium. I feel like the next two weeks of AEW TV is going to be pretty freaking awesome because this card is loaded tonight. And next week is going to be this the Offer Asher show where we get um, the rematch of the Acclaim versus Stormy Glory plus the final of this AEW World Title Tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be pretty interesting to watch for the next couple of weeks. Okay, Jake, here's the biggest question I got going into our Winston Awards coming up in the winter here on Radio Free Professional Wrestling. Who is having a better 2022? I got two candidates for you. Will Ospreay and Dax Hardwood. Oh, man. You know, both guys are having one hell of a year. Really enjoyed Will Ospreay uh, as part of the United Empire when he's over at New Japan. And, I mean, he's doing a great run at Ref Pro right now. But to me, if you were going to ask me, I'm going to have to go with Dax Harwood because, like, because he has the he has the overall package. Like not only just the the wrestling skills, and he's been putting out tremendous matches, but he's been cutting some awesome promos and been bringing up lately with you know uh, himself fighting like an eight year old girl uh, and being truly authentic and heartfelt. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Dax, he's been really he's been really impressing me a lot over these past couple of months, and I got to give it to him, Jake. Until about halfway through the summer, I would have been the biggest Will Ospreay fan here and say like, oh, hey, Will Ospreay is having one heck of a 2022. He made it to the G1 final. Yeah, I know he lost to Okada, but he made it to the final. But Dash Harwood has had a crazy 2022. Outside of the Revival or FTR, he's having amazing single matches. He's literally just came off of that amazing ROH World title match against Claudio Casanova or Casanova. And I feel like right now there's not a hotter single wrestler right now than Dash Harwood. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't think anybody has been having a better year than Harwood right now. So really been enjoying what we've been doing. You know, Jake, where he's going, I can see a dark horse, a dark horse chance here that he could be AEW World Champion in 2023 sometime. Yeah, I mean, could you see him like maybe breaking off on his own for a little bit? Uh, maybe down the road. I mean, I would still like to see 
FTR still together for a while and probably just have some matches for their titles. Hopefully down the road we'll see him we'll see them have a chance for the for the tag team belts. Uh but um yeah, I mean I wouldn't be I I I definitely be down with to see that opportunity if if uh as long as like you know AEW backs him up and there's some very good booking behind him. Uh I just don't want to see him like break off into a singles into a into a singles role just for the heck of it. Exactly. I don't want to see him break off from FTR and going like for a couple months he has a decent run and that's when you know he becomes about the same level as Warlow or like any other babyface they have in AEW at the moment because it feels like they know how to get to the end of the story for a babyface run. It's after the runs over where they actually have to let the babyface have wins and stuff. They don't know how to book. Right. Yeah. I agree with you on that. Okay. Jake, our fifth stunning question as is reported that the WWE does not want to see Roman Reigns lose his title in 2022. Do you want to see Roman Reigns on a run that could be as close as we can get to a run with George's George or Bruno Santana, Bruno Santana run, because I doubt we're going to ever see a run that's near Hulk Hogan's left of WWF run. But Roman right now is on the biggest run of the modern era. I mean, Roman is still hot right now. I don't want to tamper that. I would want to tamper that title run uh, right now. Um, I could see it happen in 2023. Um, if it were me, like, you know, if, uh, if Cody's going to come back, I would just save it for him um, for for WrestleMania. I could see a, a spot where, you know, Cody would come back at the Royal Rumble, uh, uh, win the match, and could see. I would love to see him and uh, him and Roman Reigns battling out at the main event of WrestleMania next year. Uh, but, you know, there's still that there's still that option out there in the background that maybe we'll see Roman versus The Rock. Uh, we can't leave that out uh, as of yet, so we don't know what's going to happen uh, with that. Um, can we still see that happening? I guess so. Depends on uh, Dwayne Johnson's schedule. Um, and maybe the question we can ask out there is, if it's going to be Roman versus Rock at WrestleMania, um, does it need the title? Uh, does it need? Yeah, does it need the title to be uh, to make this match big? I mean, you can argue that you know these two guys are already big as it is, but uh, do you think? Adding the title, it uh, adding the uh, the world title will elevate it a little bit more. Or would you, you know, would you take the the belts off him? Uh, maybe, uh, maybe before. Okay, Jake. I don't think they need a title to make this match any bigger than what it is because it's basically the Tribal Chief versus the Rock. It's this generation's biggest star versus the previous generation's biggest star. It's it will be today's Rock versus Hogan. So, perfectly said there, Jake. Now my concern is. If you get this match at WrestleMania, Roman needs to win this. Roman needs to crush The Rock if he's still the champion. Because do we need another Rock title run that we know probably would only last six, seven weeks? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that, that kind of makes sense. Like, who's gonna uh like who like Rock would need need to be there, uh need to be uh, around uh, for a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, kind of makes sense. And then you know if it if it does stick to Roman, that's uh. Roman uh, after that match, I mean, he has to, uh, it's still going to be uh, on him. So, but I wouldn't throw that possibility out. So, but I think that, you know, you can see the, the better chance of seeing Roman versus um, Cody Rhodes uh, at, uh, at Mania. So we'll just see where it goes from here. Well, what I would do is I would have that Roman rocks, Roman and rock match at Mania, have Roman defeat the rock and Cody 
gets his title match at SummerSlam because they've been wanting to make SummerSlam as big as Mania. Exactly. We've seen this previous SummerSlam in Nissan Stadium here in Nashville, Tennessee. I can see him doing another big stadium show for SummerSlam. And you can have this Cody match versus Roman as your main event for that. And that'd be almost as big as Rock versus Roman. And then you can crown Cody as their biggest babyface champion. Uh, we should all a great culmination to that storyline. So, I mean, that that's a great idea there, Sean. Exactly. I mean, like Roman has defeated every possible challenger for that belt. And here's Cody. And Cody's the one that wins it. And you got a white hot baby face as he's making his return. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be a great story right there. Okay, Jake, sixth and final stunning question of the week. Could you possibly see the AEW without CM Punk and the Elite? Could there be a universe out there where this has already happened? Uh, it's really hard. Um, I would love to see these two still collaborate in AEW, but after this, after these, this, this week and a half, I just don't know if I can see a chance of these two coexisting in, in the AEW locker room, these two camps. And as you heard from CM Punk uh, at the press conference, like he's, he's way past apologies and, you know, as far as like how he's being treated in AEW and, you know, and after the fights, I mean, it, it all reached to a boiling point. It's, it's really unfortunate. Um, I, I don't know what, uh, what we mean. We know that a, an external third party investigation is still taking place. Uh, we do not know the results of that as of yet, and we'll just see where it goes from here. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be very difficult to imagine you know, these two camps with, you know, CM Punk and the elites still being in the same locker room with, um, in, in the same locker room with each other in AEW. Jake, I can see CM Punk working for this injury and AEW taking this time when CM Punk's away as they try to figure out how to get CM Punk out of this contract and try to make everybody as whole as possible. I really feel like we just saw the last of CM Punk in AEW after that scrum the elite on the other hand i feel like i can see them be in AEW after said events here i don't see how you can have AEW without kenny omega because if you lose kenny omega you just lost cm punk and kenny omega and i'm i know that people think the young bucks are a big freaking deal too i'm not the biggest young bucks fan but having that core you but, but yeah that th- then again like oh what was the base? What was the base that AEW was founded upon? It was the elite. Like it, the the name of the company is all elite wrestling. They centered around the young bucks, Kenny Omega and Cody Rhodes, the elite together. And I just, yeah, I just can't imagine like all three of those guys with Nick and Matt and Kenny no longer being the foundation of AEW. It's it's really crazy to think about that. I feel like the only way we get down to this like worst case scenario is if like Warner and Discovery goes to Tony Khan and goes like, you know these guys have gotten into fight, you can't have none of them on TV, or we're gonna pull your TV from you. That would be the nuclear situation where you would not see the elite and see if in AEW. I feel like I really feel like the elite are gonna come back after the suspension, however long it is, and they may be out of title picture for a while, but I don't see the core nucleus of the elite leaving AEW. Even though we heard reports that 
the Young Bucks were sending out fillers to the WWE, but like Dave Messer said, that's just perfectly normal for any talents when they get ready to negotiate their contracts. You want to go out and send out fillers so you have basis to make a deal with your company. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think that. And well, let's look at the other side of things as well. To think that how much CM Punk had for him in the summer. He first won the title against Hangman Page, where this this is where the whole thing started right here, um, at Double or Nothing. Uh, and then he got injured. <laughs> uh, uh, he, he he broke his foot when he was diving over the, to the crowd, took some time off, came back, lost the title to John Moxley in that uh, in that dynamite match, which I still did not like. Uh, wins the belt back again, got injured again. This time his his tricep got busted, and now he got stripped of the title again. So, you know, the question is, like, where does CM Punk go from here? And if he does, if he is going to stick around in AEW, and that's a huge if at this point, I don't know if they're going to put the belt back on him. I It's it's really difficult considering how his body is so fragile right now. And I, I just don't know if we can see a situation where he can be the 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 top guy holding the mantle in AEW. Exactly. I mean, he took seven years off from the WWE to the time he made his debut last year at AEW. And it's this crazy thing inside of one year with AEW. We gone from the high of CM Punk's return to all this crazy mess from that scrum after all out of this year. Mm, yeah, it's it's really crazy to think uh, right now. So, I, yeah, I mean, I, I just don't know if we can see a situation with these two camps coexisting in AEW. So, I don't know. We'll just see what happens. Exactly. We'll keep our ears to the ground here, ladies and gentlemen. This has been your 76 questions for this week's episode of Radio Free Professional Wrestling. Please go over to Twitter at Radio Free PW and follow us there. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And Jake, where can we follow you at? Thanks for having me again, Sean. Um, just to me again, just to follow me at Jake Allenar on Twitter and on Instagram as well. So, uh, yeah, it's been one hell of a time. Can you imagine like two weeks ago, we would be having all these questions in our heads because I felt like we were just heading towards a peak with All Out and going into a fall where we're going to be talking about is AEW going to get a big contract from Discovery Time Warner. Now we're just going to like, who's going to be there in all of the wrestling? Yeah, I mean, AEW has a lot of stuff going on right now. They're in a tough spot. Um, I really hope that uh, Tony Khan will take the time to Press the reset button and just to finally take control of his locker room and finally be the boss. I mean, you know, I I love the friendly boss. Uh, I love him, you know, supporting his his wrestlers. But at some point, a line has to be drawn. And uh, this is the chance for him to, you know, just to take control of his company, um, take a deep breath for his roster, take the time to talk to his talent and just move forward. Ladies and gentlemen. Until we see you next week on Radio Free Professional Wrestling, Jake, ladies and gentlemen, have a stunning week. Woohoo, brother! This is Sergeant Arms of Christina on behalf of the guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please head over to Apple Podcast and leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next time, the liberation continues.